Today we're looking at Sabbath, this whole idea of the, the rhythm of six and one, the six days of work, the one day of rest, and that's the day we're looking at today, is that one day of rest. And if I'm honest, in the church, I think we're not that great at figuring out what this whole Sabbath thing is about. I think we're just in this room, we might have heard all sorts of experiences, all sorts of kind of guidance or um, things to avoid. That's often it, isn't it? It's a lot of do's and don'ts we can often think. Um, and we're wrestling with what it looks like as part of the new covenant as well. I think that's a really big one. Sabbath is such a huge part of the old, the old covenant, just as much a part of this new covenant we're in right now. That we're just, I think we're just trying to figure out our way through it. I'm not saying I've got any answers. I've nicked most of them from other people and from the Bible. So um, I'm not, I don't think I'm bringing anything new, just, just trying to get a, a gauge on what God is saying to us now in this season for Sabbath. So you may have heard the phrase that often comes with a shrug of Jesus is our Sabbath rest. That's anyone, anyone hands up if you've ever heard that phrase. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Some people, I've heard that one before. Or you might have been told, this is another one I've heard. Maybe it's just everyone brings their Sabbath stuff to me. Um, the observing part of the law, the old law, uh, makes us slaves to it. That's often something I've, I've heard from people before that they're like, oh, get be careful because, you know, if you, if you start following part of it, you end up following all of it. You end up just trapped. Um, so that's, that's another myth. Um, Others might tell you that Sabbath is something woven directly into creation, that itself, creation itself at the beginning, we see God choose. Notice how I say choose. He chooses to stop. He chooses to rest and he chooses to delight in creation and say it is good. It is very good. And we should follow that pattern that is actually ingrained into the universe, into the whole of creation. For many of us, I think Sabbath has become wrapped up in a bit of legalism and guilt, a lot of do's and don'ts. And that's only become increased by today's 24-7, always on the go, screen obsessed, counting down the days, buying more stuff, scrolling life away, lifestyle, COVID or no COVID. This amazing quote from AJ Swoboda, which is a cracking name, uh, who wrote that Sabbath cannot save your soul but it very well may save your life. Now today, I'm not in the business of telling you what and what not to do. Uh, if God's spirit is leading us into a wide open space, we need to look at him as our compass, our true north. If we're setting our course now, just a degree or two out, over time, we're just gonna drift further and further away from where God has set our destination. You see, Sabbath is pretty important. Dare I say it's crucial to our community, our families, our ministry, our calling, our work, and yes, our rest. <laughs> Goes without saying, in the beginning, after he blessed the animal kingdom and humanity, be fruitful and multiply, God blessed a day. And isn't that so, God? Just to kind of just break out of the mold as soon as he's established, as soon as some sort of mold's established, he's like, nope, I'm going to bless a day. So if we can say that he's blessed animal kind and humanity to be fruitful and multiply, he's also blessing a day that's sewed into the fabric of creation to bring life. He's blessed a day, set apart a day, not just once a year or once a month, once a week to bring life, to stop, to rest, 
to worship, inhale, exhale. It's almost like God is adamant on us grasping this Sabbath rhythm as we live and work and walk with him. If you were to just quickly look at Exodus 20, this is one for homework later, and look at the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you like counting words, this will be absolutely up the street. It's about 300 words around that for the Ten Commandments. You'll find that 99 of those words are, are dedicated to what God says on Sabbath. So there we go. A third of those commandments, if you were to go by word count, is dedicated to Sabbath. He really wants us to grasp this, guys. He really wants us to grasp this spiritual discipline. So our first reading today, uh, get your Bibles ready. It's from Mark 2, 23 to 28, and it says this. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even on the Sabbath. So that's our first reading. And our second reading is just a couple of verses from Hebrews 4, uh, 9 to 11. It says this, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So before we really start to dig, I know I've kind of done a bit of a preamble. Uh, but before we really start to dig into what Sabbath is all about, we all need to be on the same page as to what Sabbath means. And it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. Uh, with many Hebrew words, there's kind of multiple uh, meanings you can take from it. The two that I'm kind of focusing on today, the two major ones, it's to stop and to delight. So to, to Sabbath, to Shabbat is to stop and it's to delight. To stop and lay down our work and choose rest and to delight, to delight in him, in creation and feast on what and who God has blessed us with. In our reading from Mark, Jesus is with his friends and they are 100% taking part in what Steph and I do on the Sabbath. They're together. They're enjoying one another's company. They're hiking. And at this point, they're through a grain field. In my mind... I imagine one just like Russell Crowe ambles through in Gladiator, sepia tone, Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Do you know the one? Got some smiles. Then we have a key point in Jesus making known his manifesto for what the new covenant looks like. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Jesus lovingly rebukes these Pharisees' legalism of what to and what not to do through their familiarity with the story of David. He explains that through Jesus, even now he's explaining through Jesus, through me, we are no longer, you are no longer slaves. I'm leading you to a wide open space, fully present with God. 
Sabbath was made to set us free, not keep us in chains. So does that mean there are any hard and fast rules around the Sabbath like there was for these Pharisees? Yes and no. It's, it's it, whoever is reading at the time, which is why it's even more vital that we hear Paul's cry in Hebrews to make every effort to enter that rest, that Sabbath rest. Many of us skip a day off, let alone make every effort to carve out a day of Sabbath one day a week. Notice day off and Sabbath are, are not the same. If we're being led to a wide open space, we need to individually and collectively nail down the bearings, the framework that will preserve and elevate what I would call a Sabbath-centred living and help prevent us straying those vital degrees away from God's purposes. So what do I mean by Sabbath-centred living? It's kind of written on the tin, really. It's putting Sabbath at the centre of the week. Uh, putting it as the first, like, you know, how's your brain works? I think of the first day of the week being special. So I would say Sabbath is the start of the week. Some of you might say, oh, I like to save the best bits or last. When I'm going around my dinner plate, I save what I like till the end. So maybe Sabbath's the end of your week. Um, if you just kind of chuck it all in a mountain and just eat whatever, Sabbath's somewhere in your week, but it's somewhere. That's the most important thing. So Sabbathing well. It's to rest, it's to delight, it's to draw intimately close to God one day each week. Then watch what intentional practice of the Sabbath. What am I saying there then? Watch that intentional practice. Watch that intent. When we Sabbath, I believe it impacts the rest of our week. Amen. It doesn't just affect that day. It's not cordoned off and it's like anything good that happens there just stays there. I think just God, the way God works is he's all about things overflowing, oozing out into the rest of our lives. So if we're choosing to spend a day each week to really draw close, to really take joy in what who he is and what he's done for us and what he's doing in our lives right now, it's going to just, I'm sorry, guys, it's going to ooze into the rest of your week. It's going to ooze into your workplace. It's going to overflow into your family life. Your neighbours will start noticing. The, the secret's out. Everyone's going to start knowing. It's about reaching that non-anxious presence, you know? Coming to be with God without agenda, without this kind of thing of, oh, if I, if I um, follow all the rules, maybe God will put an extra star on my star chart this week. You know, that like he'll be extra pleased with me if he knows that I'm really committing to what he said I should do. No, it's about actually drawing close. It's presence, presence, presence. I believe this Sabbath-centred lifestyle is so much more than just a nice day off. Each week, it has a reality-altering effect on our lives and our community and our ministries. And it starts with that line, the Son of Man is Lord, even on the Sabbath. Our Sabbath starts in delighting in God, being in awe and wonder of who he is and drawing close to him. It's a day of worship. It's a day of relationship. It's more about uh, the word I would use is a day of abiding, just being in the presence of God. If abiding in God on the Sabbath is chucking on a 24 hour Hillsong Greatest Hits playlist on your Alexa, you go for it. But I think it's so much more than just putting on a bit of worship music. It's not that kind of worship. It's whole life worship. It's just being in the presence. It's a day with him at the centre. 
He is Lord of the Sabbath, so draw close and see the great things he has for you. Start the day with a psalm. For me, recently, I feel God's been taking me for a bit of a kind of Ignatian examine to Sabbath that I can't help but walk with Steph and just kind of celebrate the week, celebrate the things God's done, and take joy in what we've seen him do. Like, you know, if you do the examine every night, like it's almost, yeah, it's like centering it on a day, let, just taking joy in what God's doing and also recognising where, where we've fallen short, saying, God, that didn't go how I expected this week. Help me next week to really, to really hit that home. So it's a day of rest. It's a day of delight, taking joy in deep relational presence of God. In the laying down of work, we can inhabit that non-anxious presence of this Holy Spirit without agenda, spending time with family, spending time with friends and community around us. It's a day for delighting in the wondrous and the simple, uh, in creation and the blessings of God. Here's just a couple, of, a little list of kind of some of the things our, we choose to do on a Sabbath and I, some of my friends are doing on a Sabbath. It might be taking a long walk in creation, really easy at the moment, I know. Uh, it could be enjoying good conversation with friends one day, not over Zoom. It could be making wholesome food from scratch, drinking great coffee. I'm going to say that one again, drinking really great coffee. I love to drink good coffee. Soaking up a good book in an old armchair. Family snuggle on the sofa movie nights, cheese and wine and board games and afternoon naps. That sounds amazing, hey? How good does that sound? There's nodding. <laughs> Everyone's like, sign me up. Where's the list? I want to join that group. It sounds lush is the word I would use. Just lush and lavish and amazing. Then why are we so bad at it? <laughs> there it is. Why are we so bad at it? That list, we all, I could see some people's jaws dropping, just going, I wish I could put aside a day to do all that kind of thing. We hear that refrain all the time, don't we? I'm great, just busy. Did I miss the time when we collectively as the human race voted that chronic busyness and hurry was normal? Days blurring into one another, 60 hour work weeks, urgent weekend email exchanges, Zoom calls at all hours, that one's going, thank the Lord. Living rooms becoming offices and kitchens becoming the new water cooler. I've still not put up that shelf. That door still squeaks, I haven't sorted that out yet. And I haven't done the weekly shop. We're just, we're so busy. We're all in such a hurry all the time. And that's, I think, is what is really at the core of why we struggle to Sabbath well. Because actually we've inherited this horrible chronic busyness from the world. Corey Ten Boom once wrote that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And as the church, I think so often we are bowing to an idol, an idol of busyness, an idol of hurry, an idol of not enough time. We've become chained up by endless committees, even in a time of COVID. So many committees, so many things in our calendar that we need to be at, filling our evenings up with stuff 
teams to serve on, meetings to attend. It's quite overwhelming, really, if I'm honest. I think some of us here would be honest too. Thankfully, not at the moment, but me and Steph went through a season where sometimes we'd be lucky if we could spend one night just kind of in, just doing stuff together. Like, even if that was like making dinner and then watching TV, which is like a bit of a sad excuse, really. If you can get one night a week, why would you just sit in front of a screen when you work on them all day? Uh, Once I was questioned at a previous church uh, why uh, Steph and me wouldn't always attend things on Saturdays. And uh, I said, so at that point, Saturday was our Sabbath. Spoiler alert, me and Steph work for the church. So Sunday involves work. So uh, we need to make sure we're getting that time just to get away from work and just to rest and abide and delight in what God has for us. Uh, So I responded saying, uh, oh, you see, Saturday is our Sabbath. That was the language I used. I was very kind of certain about what I was saying. I said, it's our Sabbath and we actually, we don't work. We don't do anything to do with work. Uh, on that day of the week we rest and we delight in God you know obviously emergencies aside church burning down I'd probably come Um, but you know we we use that as a chance to sabbath and apparently that wasn't a valid excuse uh, to for not attending the event I can't remember what it was I didn't go it was sabbath and what does all this stuff do all these meetings and and even outside of church all these jobs and things and filling up our calendar with stuff It cuts off our connection to God. It severs our connection to other people and even to our own souls. We become ill. We get worn out. We get tired. We get cynical or the same thing, sarcastic. We get zoomed out. One bit of advice that's just popped in my head uh, that I just tell Steph all the time, buffer time. I tell it to myself as well, but when we have meetings all day, do we actually, you know, at the moment we're on Zoom, we're, we can do back-to-back meetings, but back when we're in person, we need to be leaving that time between meetings. Firstly, so we can get there, that we can decompress, but also that we can just actually see the world. If we're just rushing around tunnel vision all the time, we're going to miss the blessings God's putting in our way. Michael Zergarelli from the Charleston Southern University School of Business, that's the title, conducted the Obstacles to Growth Survey for over 20,000 Christians across the globe. And he identified busyness as a major distraction from spiritual life. So uh, he's found these five steps, which actually creates a cycle. He says, number one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload which leads to, number two, God becoming more marginalised in Christians' lives, which leads to, number three, a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to, four, Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to, bam, number five, more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry and low overload, and then the cycle just goes back round again. By being busy, we're allowing the world to just infect us with something that is not what God planned for us. What does Jesus say? He says, the son of man is Lord, even on the Sabbath. All the things he asks us to do, the things he asks us to go and do to reach the nations, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. He's also saying, Take a Sabbath 
and spend time with me, please. You're my church. I love you. I want to spend time with you. Please come and just spend time with me. Just walk through a field and see some starlings go overhead and cry a little bit because it just brings you such joy. The creation is so amazing. Spend time with your family, just talking about nonsense and just enjoying one another's company. Just please just spend a day with me. Matthew 11 is from the message translation. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Learn how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. This is my favorite bit. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that what we and this world are all desperately in need of? A real rest to learn those unforced rhythms of grace. It's from dust that we came and it's to dust we go. I think we as God's people, we need to embrace our God-given potential for the radical, but also uh, understand our human limitations. Working 24-7 isn't going to get us any closer to the kingdom. It's just going to get us so tired. By embracing Sabbath, we can step into resting, into delighting in God, letting him disciple us in rest. Letting him disciple us in our rest. We need to choose presence over keeping the show on the road. And Sabbath, it's not a day off. And I'm not saying that I've, I, like, I will go a couple of weeks of really getting this, really nailing on the head, and then I'll just get kind of caught up in switches of nervousness and anxiety and my mind just switches into work modes. But it's not a day off. Me, we, I have a whole different day of my week to put up a shelf, fix a squeaky door, cut down a tree. But the two boundaries that I think we should be putting around our Sabbath two criteria that it must fit if this is a grid it must fall in this if it doesn't chuck it out and it's this does this activity or this thing i'm going to do is it going to draw me close to god and worship him so that's number one does this draw me close to god and worship him and the last one is is it restful i see people going up the reeking on mountain bikes that to me just sounds like torture but some people, that might be some sort of Sabbath, like they need prayers for other things. But, you know, if that brings you Sabbath rest, if that brings you to a place of just delighting in who God is, then that is Sabbath rest. Coming into land, not only is this going to kind of help us to draw close to God and start to witness him move more in our weeks because we're just getting more familiar with being around him that we can actually be such a great witness to our families and our colleagues and our neighbours and our friends that we actually say no to emails on the weekend, that we say no to, um, to uh, the, there'd just be a day where it's like, no, no Zoom. Currently Fridays, no Zoom for me. I love Zoom, I'm an extrovert, but I just recognise that it makes me do weird things because, <laughs> because I just, I, I, yeah, people, do you get it? zoom just makes you have weird habits i can't stand looking at myself all day it's like looking in a mirror 
Um, but yeah, we need to we need to be a witness to our colleagues and our friends and our families and our neighbours that as we strive to enter that Sabbath rest once a week, choosing to not live distracted but fully present, to dip into the slow lane for a couple of miles and take in the scenery that's passing by. Then a world burnt out by work-centred culture of endless to-do lists, we can resist hurry and embrace slowness that we can resist criticism and embrace delight and that we can resist striving for attention and embrace abiding in God's presence. That we can resist striving for attention and embrace abiding in God's presence. That by living this gospel, we can show this world the God who is Lord, even on the Sabbath, the Lord who sends us out to the nations uh, to to bring his gospel to them, to heal the sick, to see the blind see again. He also says, take rest. And the world needs that right now. The world needs to know that there's a God who says, you can take a day off with me and I will show you those unforced ribbons of grace that you can draw close and drink deep of the fountain that never runs dry. So, amen. Who's up for Sabbath, right? Uh, let me just pray for us before we finish, uh, before we move on to what's next. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that you are a God who doesn't, you, you, there's this imagery around just sending us out as people of the harvest. But Lord, people of the harvest still need to rest. Lord, that we can get so caught up on all the things that we want, we want to do which sometimes we disguise as saying they're things that you want us to do. Lord, they might be things you want us to do, but we recognise now that we need to enjoy your presence, <laughs> that we need to take that day of sitting back on a lawn chair and drinking a deep glass of homemade lemonade with you on the porch, just watching the world go by. So, Lord, I just pray that you will just show us those unforced rhythms of grace. That you will show us again that you are Lord on the Sabbath and that you want an offering on the Sabbath as well, but it looks so different to the rest of our weeks. It just requires us just to come and be and abide. So I just, Holy Spirit, just come and move among us. Come and be with us in our homes. Lord, bring us into that non-anxious presence where we can stop and rest and worship. In Jesus' name, amen.